January 12th. I have started this diary to record all that is going on in my life, all that one day I'll be pleased I'd recorded for posterity. If you are a historian from the future, please save your thanks. Your time will be better spent reading up on my thoughts and philosophies. So I say to you, life, I am ready. Throw at me what you will. January 19th. Nothing yet. It is quite incredible how a bus, a simple red London bus, can change your life. There were other reasons for why what happened eventually happened, of course. I'm not saying it was all about the bus, but the bus was pretty high on the list. Or, more accurately, the man sitting next to me on the bus. Here he is right now, flicking through his evening standard, checking his cheap black watch, mere moments after uttering a sentence that, quite without his knowing, has had the most unexpected effect on me. It's like one of those moments in a cartoon when a second of complete and total revelation hits an unenlightened fool. A moment in which they're bathed in a golden light from the heavens above, their face a picture of comfort, the only sound the chorus of a thousand angels. Of course, real life isn't quite like that. I'm on a crowded bus in the east end of London for a start, and so the only thing I'm bathed in is an unpleasant mist of sweat and coughs. But it's still an epiphany, and I'm still smiling from what I've heard, smiling from what I've learnt. I start to wonder whether anyone else is feeling the same, so I sneak a chance to glance around, to see if one of my fellow passengers has been struck by the man's simple message, his message of hope and optimism and all the things I hadn't realised I'd been losing sight of. But no one has. Not that I can see, anyway. That's okay, though. There's time for them. Because this man next to me, this man, has changed everything. Maybe... It was Jesus, said Ian, putting his pint down on the table. We were in the Yorkshire Grey and Ian was a bit drunk. Or maybe it was Buddha. I'd love to meet Buddha. It looks like a right laugh. What did this bloke look like? If he had a beard, it was probably Jesus, and if he had a belly, it was probably Buddha. He had a beard, Ian, but it wasn't a Jesus beard. A belly, then, he said, with what looked like real hope in his eyes. Did he have a Buddha belly? I'm fairly sure he wasn't Buddha, either. This fellow was an Indian fellow. His name was Mehdi, I think. Mehdi sounds a bit like Jesus. No, no, it doesn't, Ian, and it wasn't Jesus. What would Jesus be doing in Bethnal Green? There are some nice discount shops in Bethnal Green, said Ian. Jesus is the Son of God. He doesn't need discount shops. God, imagine the pocket money you'd get if you were the Son of God. Ian, I'm trying to tell you about my life-changing moment, and you're going on about Jesus in a pound shop. Sorry, Dan, go, go on. So there was a bloke on a bus last week who wasn't a deity or a Son of God, and then there was also your diary. Yes, there was also my diary. High up on the list, right under the bus, was my diary. A diary I'd only started because I was afraid I'd forget all the wonderful things I was doing. All the dazzling, crazy, hazy times. The important times, the carefree times. The times I'd look back on as the times of my life. Only when I flicked through it did I realise there was nothing to forget. Or, rather, nothing worth remembering. Things had been different last year. Last year was a year of adventure, of fun, of friends. But I'd slowly begun to realise, six months into a new year that all my stories were about last year. All my memories, too. I'd been cruising on past glories, dining out on better times. Well, that's not strictly true. It's not true at all. I'd been dining in on them. For a number of months, I'd been labouring under the impression that everything in my life was fine. I was a single man, in his mid-twenties, living in one of the most exciting cities in the world. Turns out, I was a single man, in his pants, sitting in his flat. It had happened to me once before, this strange sense of mid-twenties crisis, but it had happened when I'd lacked direction. These days I had direction, plenty of direction, but the direction was down. 
In my mind, I was one of London's young, thrusting urbanites. In my mind, I was always on the go, always had somewhere to be, always in the thick of things. I thought I was like something out of an advert. I probably even thought I had a moped. I couldn't have been more wrong, especially about the moped. And this is what I would finally realise for sure after I got home from talking to the man on the bus. I ended up talking to the man on the bus quite by chance. It was until that moment, just another day working in the West End, followed by just another dash to the tube station in what was just another hopeless attempt to beat the rush hour and get home without spending an hour on a crowded train with my cheeks pressed up against a stranger's nipples, receiving severe paper cuts every time they turned a page of their book. We'd been standing, me and this man, waiting for the central line train to take us from Hoburn to the East End, when the announcement had spluttered and stuttered its way over the tannery.